back. Thank you so much for being here. Um, today, Carolyn and I really get back to our roots and sort of reintroduce the framework for the show. The two of us sit down and chat about what's on our minds as we kick off our second season. Everything from the transcendence of jazz, New Orleans, to National Adoptee Awareness Month, which is November, and the complexities of assigned birthdays. We also get into so-called online activism, shadow bans on Instagram, and how we're both navigating anti-oppression work in our own lives at the moment. While you're here, please, please consider leaving a quick review or signing up as a listener supporter. You can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Hope you like the episode. Thanks again for being here. Welcome, everyone. I'm Carolyn Sudeco. And I'm Shanta Lecker. And this is Human Regards. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again. Hiya. Uh, what are we drinking, Shanta? What are we drinking? I I mean, coffee over here with uh, some vanilla coconut collagen powder, some almond milk, and a little bit of like pumpkin pie spice. <laughs> wow. What do, you, what do you got? That's what I have every day. So <laughs> I've got a three in one. <laughs> Do you know what three in one is? I don't know. What is three in one? <laughs> Teach me something today. <laughs> three in one is like the most generic, like powdered instant coffee. It's like a little bit of coffee, some creamer, and lots of sugar, I think. Okay. But it's in these little packets called three in one. If you go to the Asian market, there's like seven in one now. Oh, yeah. Oh, I miss I miss my my just black coffee good black coffee. I miss, I miss my pour over routine. Mm. I will get back to it eventually. It will. Th- those things will come back to us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like this podcast. Cause it's been a minute. We've yes. been out of the, we've been out of the room for a few months now. Welcome back. <clears throat> I'm excited to get moving and, and uh, get this second season out there and uh we are officially back we're really doing it <laughs> season two season two <laughs> season two. how are you feeling coming into the second season of all this i'm feeling grateful i'm still quite enamored by our first season i re-listened to episodes i recall them i recommend them to folks all the time now that it's out there i i always want to bring people back to that that it does exist and it's there for everyone. So mm-hmm. now that we're doing season two. Same. Yeah. What's neat about the different guests that we had in season one is that each episode really does kind of stand alone. I mean, you, yeah. you can just listen to one, you know, <laughs> and and still get so much out of these incredible people that have so much knowledge to share, so much humor, life experience. You know, there, there was just like so much packed into that first season. So I feel super proud of it. And I also just want to give a shout out to everyone that has given any kind of feedback. Every time I've gotten a text or 
a DM about the show, it's like the most meaningful comment, you know, the most meaningful message or or share or reaction. And I just want to shout that out and say thank you and keep sending them. If you happen to listen to the show today and and have any response, reaction, like shoot us a message. If we're friends, text me <laughs> and like, let's keep the conversation going. Because when we started this, we wanted it to feel like something we were really inviting other people into this conversation and and putting engagement at the forefront. And so even though it's a podcast and, you know, the format is what it is, uh, I just want to encourage people to to continue to interact with us and engage with us in the ways that they can because it has been so meaningful and just so great to hear from people. I've been thinking a lot about like, gosh, I'm, I really am kind of accessible. Like people have my cell phone number. People can message me. People can email me. Like I, I'm quite responsive. And I love that Mm -hmm. about having this proximity, right. To, to folks who, who, who we might not even know, but who have listened to us. Mm -hmm. So I want to convey that also, like as, as part of human regards is, is this proximity, pro, proximity, prox, what did I say? Yeah, that's right. Proximity. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. Proximity. You know I mean? Yeah. Proximity. We're, we're here and we're both entrepreneurs that, yes, like people have our cell phones that we work right. with. I mean, it, it's a it's a part of that life. And so being able to connect in different ways with these different layers I think it's awesome. I mean, it's it's been really, really great and just excited to continue and get some new people in here in the room to to have some great conversations about all kinds of things, you know? Our season one guests, like, were so tuned into that, I mm-hmm. think. And I think that's what really um, amazed me. They were, they were all, what, what's the word, vulnerable? But they were like, just honest and true. And we're just having a conversation and that's what right. we wanted. Yeah, just uh, to hold space and right. and create a short period of time that we can show up and just be ourselves. People really embrace that and understood, you know, our intention is not to exclude people from listening. It's to make sure that we're bringing voices and stories and knowledge um, to the forefront in this mm-hmm. space that we don't see, you know, 24-7 in mainstream media. And that that's why this is important to us. That's why we're doing it. You know, it's not like entirely self-indulgent, even though that's part of it. It's it's also really wanting to be a part of this movement to bring more people into these spaces and enjoy getting to sit in a in a room with people that we don't have to qualify ourselves in a million ways and we can just sit and be like, yep, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that has been in itself like so magical and so fun. So and just to kind of plug the the virtual spaces that we're that we're hosting, I hosted Reinventing Love Notes and then we did Reinventing Resource and, and we're going to host another one of those coming up pretty soon. Like the purpose behind those is the same. You know, it's it's finding people that are aligned in in the sense that we are doing liberation work, that we understand seeing the world through an anti-oppression lens and mm-hmm. want to connect, especially now when I think if you do see things through that lens, the world can be a little overwhelming at, at this moment, you know? And and so those spaces as well are, are really meant to be liberatory, somewhere that we can celebrate each other and also feel safe, honestly, safe mm-hmm. to just exists safe to just sit there just be ourselves you know 
Right. It's it's more imperative these days. And and we think sometimes, gosh, it's coming around again, right? Like what what have we what have we not learned? What have we what do we need to do differently? And that that circular sort of thought in terms of do we need to change course? Do we need to reassess? Do we need to do the, these things that find us in these frustrating situations? And yet that's where it's even more imperative to just take up space, mm-hmm. to carve out space, to be, to even sit with that. That's why our three our three prompts have been evergreen, at least, and have, have been grounding for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I I don't just use that in in this context of our podcast, but in my daily life as I do contemplation or as I do action. Let's reintroduce those. Yeah. So the three prompts that Carolyn's talking about. The first one is reinventing space, reinventing spaces. The second one is diffusing power. Diffusing power in the sense we're talking about diffusing sort of centralized structures of power, your own like spiritual personal power. Yeah, like light that shit up. Like we don't need to diffuse it. You know what I mean? Like right. I think what we're we're talking about amplify power. that. <laughs> yeah. Diffuse the, the the structural institutional exactly powers that oppress. <laughs> right. So diffusing power and then reclaiming peace. You know, we're not talking about the like white wellness space version of peace. For me, it's it's almost like separating my socialized self and my spiritual self. And like, how can I connect those two things? You know, like, how do I feel whole and complete and like most me? Just reintroducing those concepts. And that's how we'll frame these episodes when it's two of us. But it's also how we frame the other ones when there's a guest. And it might sound different, but we're still working within that same framework. Every time we do it, it feels new because we are all evolving as people. And obviously we have different people in the room sometimes. And people can can define their piece or not define it. They could just talk to us about it or what that feels like in whatever way they want to do that, mm-hmm. whether it's peace or whether it's power or whether it's space. Those those definitions of what that can be for individuals or how they experience, that's a good juju. I think that, <laughs> that would bring... <laughs> That's the juju. That's a good juju. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, okay. So speaking of these three things, I mean, let's get into reinventing space just for a few minutes. We've already kind of touched on it, but what's the what's the word, you know, like in, in your life, Carolyn, what spaces are you taking up? What what does reinventing space bring up for you today? Uh, today, meaning at the start of season two, reinventing space really is... Um, a cadence. It's it's a cadence of of my life that's different uh, than a year ago. Different than yeah, twenty twenty three has been an experimentation in a different cadence of of how I live. And it's also I think reinventing space to mean that my cadence isn't bound by a time, right? Like like when I talk really fast or when I talk um, really exuberantly or enthusiastically. Our society has deemed that as like, oh, she's so passionate. Oh, she's so pushy. Or, oh, like there's a characteristic to it, to that cadence that has been defined by others and not me. Mm-hmm. And so throughout my life, as this this conformity, this conformist in me has been like, oh, people expect me in this way. And if I'm exuberant or if I'm pushy, then 
and people know like that's that's what I want them to receive. Like that's what I want them to know. It's important to me. This year has taught me that that I'm going to resist that. That I can also be be pushy and exuberant in my slowness, in my intentionality. Like me me sitting on my porch, and we've talked about this before with hashtag porch living. Mm-hmm. That actually means that is the resistance, right? Mm-hmm. That is the cadence of production of being that I want to put forth. Mm-hmm. So reinventing the definitions of what a cadence of life, I am right in that wave. Love and it. your your space invention, oh, I can't wait to hear it, Shanta, because <laughs> yes. When you talk about pausing or slowing down or it's so funny because sometimes in sessions, I'll literally say out loud to a group of 50 people that I like awkward silence. <laughs> And I wouldn't name it awkward silence outside of that context, but I think that's what it feels like to a lot of them. And, you know, it's time to digest what we're talking about, what we're learning or unlearning. And it's a very human need. I mean, it's like a very necessary thing to have that space. And so I appreciate that you're naming that, you know, like in in your own ways, like having kind of autonomy over these spaces that you're in that you can like pause that you can slow down that you can you can talk at the pace that you feel is right in that moment and not you know in in some kind of response to that that container that maybe doesn't serve you honestly every day I mean more literally I guess a way that I've been reinventing spaces around me I think has been very deliberately interacting with more transracially adopted people Mm -hmm. and displaced and there was this one week, it's November, so this is national. Ugh, it was called One Thing Prior, but we're just going to call it National Adoptee Awareness Month um, because we've kind of reclaimed it. And November is a month, let me tell you. It's yes. like birthdays and <laughs> these national holidays that are full of problems and everything that you know has been going on globally since October 7th in terms That's of like right. the massive amplification of of decades of violence. Back to NAM, so National Adoptee Awareness Month, there's different virtual gatherings, different connections and ways to kind of revamp and just reinforce my community within the adoptee world, you know, and that's been really neat. So I I think that has been a, a big focus for me. There's really nowhere that I can just be really, really me, <laughs> which in every other space is like, sad or you know like there's always like these labels that people put on it and I'm like nah when I'm in a transracial adoptee space especially with people of global majority especially with international adoptees we're like yeah no that's just our norm so that's been really cool and I think that's that's kind of how I've been thinking about my communities this month is is reinventing them in those ways but it's more like reinforcing you know and 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 strengthening the connections that I've had it's been an honor for me to to witness that. It's cool. I, I see you reinventing and, and reclaiming and reaffirming that space in your fullness. That is so cool. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'll so hold cool. on to all that. I I mean, anything affirming when it comes to that stuff is so powerful. I think like, of course, we have to affirm ourselves in our own stories and our own experiences. And when you have any historically marginalized identity, when other people affirm that, it it can be really powerful. 
Um, especially as transracial international adoptee, it's like not stuff that I necessarily have gotten my whole life, you know, like gotten that affirmation. A lot of times um, get the opposite, which is why this National Adoptee Awareness Month is important. There's a lot of counter narratives that are shared by adoptees and a lot of uh, kind of reclaiming that online space, but then also just reclaiming our own narratives, you know. And and that one, I think you you lead us to then to then our second our second pillar, right? Which mm-hmm. is diffusing power. So in those in those spaces, and then in that context of like you said, a month in November. Similarly, I think like when when I think about Filipino American History Month, like there's a container of a month, and we are brought to if if we identify as a participant engaged in that in those communities and stuff. What does that mean for us in our power? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for us in in the affirmation and reclamation and amplification of that power? Because it's it's this container of a month. So there, I I will ask you now that you know in November we're at the tail end of November. How has that been in terms of diffusing power for you? Diffusing power. I mean, it's definitely deeply connected. November again. I, it's just a rough month for me in the in the sense that there's a lot of things that I'm carrying, I think, over the course of November. And um, one of those things is my assigned birthday. <laughs> and mm. um, a lot of us, not everyone, but uh, there's a lot of us that will say assigned birthday because mm. the reality of a lot, especially international adoptees, is our documentation is super sketchy, which is very fucked up and very frustrating <laughs> growing up. It's like the more you learn about your documentation, the more you're like, mm, this could be completely wrong, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and oh my so gosh, gonna, okay, so I don't yeah, feel so, so it's like my wait. assign. Oh, yeah, yeah, what? Wait, so I don't feel so bad that I missed your assigned birthday because if you. <laughs> You oh no! I'm gonna explain why. I'm glad you. Okay, okay. it's fine. So okay. So my <laughs> don't feel bad. My assigned birthday happened uh, on the 22nd, and what I have done the last couple years is re- very recent. Is I removed my birthday from from my social media, and decided I'm gonna try solo assigned birthday. And last year I went to Joshua Tree. This year I went up to. The National Forest and both places service is really bad. So I can't stare at my phone, you know, um, or respond to happy birthday texts. I just kind of isolate myself and give myself that time to like reconnect with nature. Like to me, that's sort of diffusing power in the sense that there was always this narrative of gratitude. Adoptees deal with that a shit ton, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you say anything remotely critical of the adoption industry, your experience, Mm. it's like, oh my God, like you're ungrateful, blah, blah. But, Mm. you know, I'm I'm so far past that now. I just feel like I don't even want to deal with explaining to people that my birthday is complicated for me, that this assigned day um, has a lot of weight You know, like a therapist that I saw a few years ago actually told me one of the most accurate descriptions she ever heard from a client was there's this element of it's almost like I killed my biological mother coming out like that. I know it sounds really dark, but the reason I'm saying it is because to me, this is not dark. This is just, you know, Mm -hmm. like another emotional reality that that is a layer of that assigned birthday. And so most people don't deal with those layers. (laughs) Some do. Um, but for me, I think it's it's just become a healthier practice to like 
sort of diffuse the power of that old narrative, that dominant culture narrative. Right. And and uh, light up my own personal spiritual power in the sense that I'm reconnecting to nature in a place that I feel, you know, safe to be myself and and treating it like like a, a day where I'm really going to care for for my soul and not react to a bunch of messages that don't necessarily carry that same weight. Right. And that's not a disservice to anyone else. Like, I love when people wish me happy birthday or, you know, like if you already know, don't pretend like you don't. That's weird. But <laughs> but I don't love being the center of attention on that day because it brings up a lot of emotions for me. And so um, that's something I've I've experimented with a little bit in the past. And I think just recently figured out like, yeah, solo assigned birthday is actually really smart. And um, I kind of love that now. So I'll, I'll keep experimenting. But for now, that that's kind of my my new personal tradition. <laughs> oh, thank you. That is diffusing power right there. What's going on with you and with power? I mean, how do you feel that being being shredded or diffused in your life right now? <laughs> I I think diffusing power for me lately has been in pictures, like in images, really, instead of like words. Mm-hmm. And so I think diffusing power lately has been for me like just the hand up, you know, or just the back turned, just the just the physical sort of um a physical response to like not going there, like that's not for me. When when I think about diffusing power, like I always have a choice mm. in like even I think about this a lot. I I know I know I um I'm probably not the only person that does this, but I like I curate my my song playlists in these in these sorts of images of how of of a stance, mm-hmm. right? And so my diffusing power sort of like, like I have my, you know, white boy band, nineties <laughs> playlist, right. You yeah. know, with Toby Wait, who's your favorite, who's your favorite boy band. <laughs> Where, who are the boy bands on this playlist? I must know. Toad the wet sprocket, Matthew sweet, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite new Orleans band, the revivalist, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, there's something about their songs at, at specific times in my life. And yet, like, I think my diffusing power means that I recognize that there's a place, there's a place still for them mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. because it's still meaningful, right? I'm very clear on um, my personal relationship to that music, to those songs, and I'm clear on what I need and what I want going forward. So I think like diffusing power means that I, here's a playlist that I will indulge in because for me, I get to, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's the whole, like, it's still a choice for me. I, I do that a lot when it comes to um, many choices or I, that I make throughout the day, who gets to influence my day, whether emotionally or whether intellectually, that's like so real. I mean, it sounds simple, yeah. but when you talk about who is going to influence your day, like that's what music does for us in so many right. ways, because it is, you know, on one hand, kind of like a background, you know, like let's say you go into a cafe to get some coffee in the morning, there might be music playing in there, you know, that you have no control over, but just that environmental sort of, I don't know, it's like this factor that I think we take for granted sometimes. You're so right. It's like, no, nah, that's like, a choice, you know, how is this going to influence me 
today. Music is, you already know, I I mean, music is like oxygen to me. (laughs) But it is really powerful and influential in those ways. And that's really interesting. Do you have like a pump up song or something? Like, what if that stance needs to be really firm? Like, is there something you listen to where you're like, I'm... I'm going to be in my power today. I'm going to really, well, you know, that hand up. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I I do have a a playlist for that. And it actually includes a number of songs that are in different languages, Mm -hmm. even some languages that I don't understand. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because I'm trying to, well, even like Tagalog, which I'm trying to reclaim, (laughs) but a lot of it I don't understand. And my Tagalog teacher says that, especially Tagalog songs, they're all like mushy and like really romantic and they're very poetic. And and that's like deep Tagalog. There's some sort of transcendence understanding for me Hmm. in that, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's, and we've talked about this before about like transcending language or is it a gesture? Is it a is it a nonverbal? Yeah. So whether that's K-pop or whether that's Tagalog or whether that's world music or you know whatever that is, mm-hmm. that is where I feel. Listen, and you know, you know me. Our listeners know me. I don't sing. I'm not musically inclined, but I am. I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate music because of that transcendence mm-hmm. that I feel. I'm going to, I'm going to tell like this, this really quick story, like in New Orleans, there's a um, national jazz park. So the national park service has a jazz historical park mm-hmm. in New Orleans. And it's a park like any other like national park, but it revolves around the history of jazz music. They have free programming almost every day where I go, I literally go and I sit there and I listen to park rangers give a history talk about music, about mm-hmm. jazz music. Mm-hmm. And they're musicians and they're creative and they're like, and they're they're historians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there they are in their in their green uniforms, their National Park Service uniforms, like jamming <laughs> yeah. on drums, on stand-up bass, on keyboards, on vocalists that are just beautiful. And I'm like, this is this is the life. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about not only like diffusing power, but but standing in it, standing in that diffused power mm-hmm. and creating that space. Mm-hmm. For me, that's like, mm-hmm. what do they say? Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you could see the, <laughs> this is kind of nerdy, but if you, you could see, if you could see the audio wavelengths, mm. like if you could see that in real life, I mean, it's almost like, literally diffusing power you know like it's moving through people it's moving through spaces and there's so much sharing of all these layers of knowledge that are that are including those nonverbal things right you know it's like that's why music is is in my mind so influential it really does transcend language in a lot of ways because the melodies the harmonies the jazz i mean is like the hardest thing to play in the world, <laughs> but one of the most beautiful things because it is so responsive to the people you're playing with. And you have to be aware of your own improvisations, but then also staying kind of in line with certain changes. And yeah, I mean, it, it really is like one of the most sort of decentralized versions of music. When you see a jazz band playing, it's right. like 
they are working off each other that entire time, right. like constantly responding to each other, which is neat. You go see a pop rock band and it's like maybe there's a soloist and people are responding to that person, to the vocalist. You know, so there is still a lot of that responsiveness and give and take. But jazz is unique because it's everybody. Every single person that's part of that jazz band is getting that time where maybe they're sort of like moving toward toward the center, but then they'll move away. And so like that. Right. The fusion I, is just like constant, you know. And and it and it's yeah, it's definitely it's obvious how like that they're communicating to one another mm-hmm. uh, through the music. Right. And I understand more and more. It appeals to me in this way that is so comforting. So it doesn't really matter what verbal language it's mm-hmm. in, right? And and obviously, duh, I'm not, you know, born yesterday. I know that music is a language. Right, but but it it brings me to tears. We don't always talk about it like that. Yeah, yeah. It just it just brings me to tears, and it and it. um, So so that sort of appreciation, especially in New Orleans, in a new place, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm also making a home in, has been quite profound. And and that community there, those communities have their own ways of diffusing power that have been alive for centuries. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm just that person kind of like knocking on the door a little bit. Like, can I come in? I'll be helpful or I'll be, you know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, that's where jazz came from. <laughs> You're yeah. right in the heart of it. It's pretty oh, cool. So good. Pretty cool. So good. I mean, let's talk about this, uh, this idea of peace and reclaiming peace. I think that is definitely connected to, to the influence of music in our lives, but even outside of that that it feels like a big word at the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> when yes. i when i say the word peace i think there's a lot of context that is worth acknowledging right now um yes and actually i just think this is interesting so i was going to ask you because you mentioned learning about shadow banning just recently and like what yes. is shadow ban what is that <laughs> like Which literally I'm, this morning yeah, I I'm, was like, I'm that? super familiar so I'm like we I think we should talk about it because I think that is related to what I'm you know when I say peace right now it's like tied to very intense violence I mean it's just like constantly in our face that we want peace that we want global peace right uh whether that that is within the phrase ceasefire or another word but it you know like it it just carries a lot at the moment and shadow banning is directly related (laughs) to all of this because it has come up i think it's something that comes up in really pronounced ways when there are visible social movements you know happening and um so yeah so i'm just i'm like how did you learn about it what what prompted that like how did you know because i was scrolling Okay. On Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, a profile claimed to be victim of shadow banning, mm-hmm. and so I had to look it up because right. I had an idea. I had an idea what it was, but I wanted to be more precise, and I didn't want to assume that what okay. I was thinking was mm-hmm. was what they were trying to convey. Yeah, and so so peace has has been fleeting in how I'm trying to organize not organized in how I'm, I'm processing mm-hmm. actions, right. Related to movements, related to anti-oppression, related to Palestine, mm-hmm. related to all these ways that we are trying to engage 
and stand for something. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. just to literally explain it. I mean, now we use this really commonly when a social media platform is sort of manipulating what is visible. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that could be like what what you're posting. And if that's visible to people, it could be what someone else is posting. And if that's visible to you, you know, but it's implicit action. It's these things. They're built into the algorithm. And so a lot of times it's it's almost like, oh, it's just happening. Like, you know, like we're not doing that intentionally. And it's like, well, this is why it's so important that we're critical of these spaces and yes. not saying like, get off them. I'm on all of them. I'm just saying be critical of who owns these spaces, Correct. who's designing those algorithms, right? Who's designing the AI that is helping evolve those algorithms over time and like really being aware of the fact that if you're following an account for information about occupied Palestine specifically, and that account is run by a Palestinian journalist or something along those lines, like then like, like the posts, save the posts, send the posts to people, engage with those posts. That's going to help them in terms of engagement. It's going to help make their work what they're doing more visible. And it's really important to do that right now because there is a really just skewed narrative that comes out of westernized sort of mainstream media that a lot of people are used to going to for information. Right. And so shadow banning is just important in terms of getting information from from the sources that are are going to be critical of, for example, who owns the platform (laughs) and and who owns these other platforms or these other news outlets, you know, and, and how is that influence showing up? So, yeah, it's it's relevant. And, yeah, it, it feels like a small thing. But engaging with those uh, those posts, engaging with those accounts, it actually does make a difference because that's going to reach more people. And a lot of times people are like, oh, online activism is bullshit. You're like, you're not doing anything. It's not true at all. There's so many uh, disability activists that will talk about mm-hmm. how important these virtual spaces are and how important um, social media is in terms of accessibility, you know, like mm-hmm. for information, for organizing, for movement work and change work. And so, you know, I'll get off my soapbox, but I, I just, I think like right now it's so important that people are discerning these things. Right. And, well, I, aware, I, you know, how I thought about it today in terms of reclaiming peace is is in this way, like for years, I have been curating my my social media presence, right? And and I've I've long ago abandoned, you know, or or put into a certain space the broader media, especially news media, right? Mm-hmm. So I've already done that that critical work for myself. I've I've made a determination about how I interact with with that, right? Um, I got off of a couple other social media platforms, right? And so like through the years, I've been curating my presence and then my interactions, right? With with care, I think, in, in whatever in the care that I have capacity to, right? And so so now when when these when these movements come up, I'm I'm very confident in in my own curation that I'm facing um a certain piece and a certain information uh pathway that I trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet when I learned about shadow betting, I'm like, Oh yeah. The outlets that I do trust, like they're under attack. Like that, like I didn't know that this was, was happening. Mm-hmm. And so I think in, in, in my, 
in my reclamation of peace, I, I do want to be more affirming, like, and that does, like you said, translate into those actions of liking and sharing. And um, to be honest, I don't consider it a small, I'm not like an influencer or whatever by those definitions of that, but for my own piece, as an individual in the movement, Mm -hmm. that is something I know is not a small thing, because for me, it does stand for not just my own piece, but a, a piece that I want to, a feeling and a vibe that I want to put out there in the world. Yeah. In whatever way I could do. Yeah. That word trust is, is kind of terrifying to me because in my mind, like I can't trust any of the social media outlets yeah. that I use in the sense that when I use the word genocide, when mm-hmm. I use certain words in mm-hmm. my tiny little platform, I will get dropped right. so far down. Um, in terms of visibility with just my little circle of friends, you know, and, and that's what I really use my social for and not an influencer or, or, you know, creator in that sense by any means, but like can see it, can see that. And I'm very hyper aware of how using certain language, including literally the word Palestine, right? Mm -hmm. Like using certain language that centers the experiences of Palestinians and Palestinian families and journalists kind of shoves you away from the the center of a lot of those platforms. And I mean, reclaiming peace right now looks for me, looks like not caring about that as much. I am like hyper aware of it. And I think if I had more influence on those platforms, then I guess I'd be more cognizant of how I'm posting. But for me, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm going to say what I want <laughs> mm-hmm. and say it the way that makes sense based on the context that I have, based on the history that I understand, um, based on the things that I'm still learning and and mm-hmm. continue to share that in a way that is honest. And in my mind, just it, it's not really like a an option. Like it's things that are going to come out because how I'm seeing the world or that lens that I'm looking at all of these massively violent events every day, you know, like it's it's going to come out and naturally because of that context, because of the history and and that learning process. And so I hope that people will also do that because the other thing that I will say is like the more people are just being honest, the more people are just speaking the language of their hearts, their minds, the things that they know, less dangerous it is for everyone, right? right? right. And right now, the people facing consequences for speaking up, for advocating for the liberation of Palestinian people, right? Like the people that are being really punished, that that are facing the most consequences are, of course, as always, the people that are most marginalized. Just reminding people of that, you know? And like, I'm just going to say really bluntly (laughs) that like, If you are a white person, for example, that is speaking up about a certain cause or speaking up about something in regards to what's happening globally right now, your consequence is much different than if you are a Black trans woman, for example, speaking up. And even literally Melissa Barrera, who I'm like, big fan, just got booted from a huge franchise She's this amazing global presence. She's a really, really successful Mexican actor that kind of moved into these like mainstream U.S. kind of worlds uh, with Vida a few years ago. And she just got booted out of the Scream franchise for speaking up for the rights 
the human rights of Palestinians, particularly children. Like the consequences are happening. There, there are things going down, but like the more people are honest, the more people are learning and speaking up and sharing with each other and connecting in these ways, including online, the safer it is to do so, you know, and especially for people that hold multiple marginalized identities, experiences, like that's who who is going to experience the most detrimental consequences that that's who is going to experience a lack of safety are are the people that already are experiencing a lack of safety right. here right that's so right. anyway i just i this stuff is so important to me and i it will continue to be important over time and just because we don't talk about it all season doesn't mean that we're not talking about it off off the show but right. it, you know what that's you know what i mean I, that, that <laughs> is another thing i want to I want to address also, mm-hmm. Shanta, is that like there, there is so much that people can offer up in their own ways. Right. And that I think that's like the only, the only thing that in terms of my expectation, in terms of reinventing peace and people have to define that for themselves or mm-hmm. people in communities are working really hard to define that for their communities. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're doing the work. And this is work that is that is ongoing because oppression happens constantly. Mm-hmm. Violence happens constantly. And and there's always there's always a new a new offshoot of of some movement that tries to get in the mix. And I want to say good for them. And I want to face the folks and the movements and the communities that are always always, 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 this is like the regular cadence. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah. So and I, I, part of, I think why we don't lead our conversations together with those events specifically is because it's mm-hmm. like in our relationship from the jump. I mean, it's right. literally what it's, connects it's the, us. <laughs> right. It's the baseline. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's not an initiative. Right. It's not a project. Right. It's not this, this, um, you know, timestamp, you know, thing. It's, it's a constant sustainability mm-hmm. that people in the global majority are doing every single freaking day. Yes. Every day. Reclaiming peace for me at this very moment is like, saying <laughs> i'm gonna probably swear more this season also because <laughs> i feel good about evolving in that way i think i'm done with the <laughs> filtering so <laughs> but i no like reclaiming peace to me is like really sending a big fuck you to this westernized version of peace that is a falsity that's not real it is based on sort of like Peace meaning the status quo. Let's go backward. Let's go back oh. to where we were, right? And so, no, thank you. That is not what peace means in here. Peace. See, my hand is here. up again. No, thank you. <laughs> peace, right. No, thank you. Goodbye. Peace here for me right now is being able to get on that soapbox and like talk about the power of online activism, talk about social media, talk about shadow banning with you and how important it is to just know who you are in this moment and ground yourself in that. And if you're finding yourself 
you know, getting jostled around and getting pushed back and forth and sometimes even floating, right? It's like, okay, then maybe you have some learning to do and there's nothing wrong with that. My feet are like flying up on occasion all the time. I'm constantly learning. So that is peace to me in this moment is, is humility and acknowledging that like, I do not know as a, you know, naturalized U.S. citizen that has spent the majority of their life over here. I do not know what peace means for someone who is, for example, right now in the West Bank experiencing inordinate amounts of violence. I don't know what peace means for that person. And I'm not going to assume that the way that I feel peace or see peace here is the same. So like peace for me in this moment is humility. That to me is is very central to even understanding where I fit into all of this right now. Yeah. And I know like time is flying and we're on season two, Shanta. And we're on season two. (laughs) Like what it if you if you had to like cool down, like where are you at? What it last thoughts, you know, kind of uh Take us, take us out, Carolyn. <laughs> Season two is a continual invitation, invitation to this container. The container exists. It's here. It's here for us. We've got some sparks for sure. We've got, we've got peace for you. We've got some, we've got some passionate peace. We've got some <laughs> <laughs> exuberant peace. We've got peace, however way you want to define it with us. And we've got some some good guests coming on, and I'm excited about that, and I'm peaceful about that, and excited. Come on, let's go, let's go. Follow us let's on go. Instagram. Follow us on on Twitter. Interact with us on LinkedIn, Instagram as well. You know, and follow, rate, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, there's an opportunity to be a listener supporter. Big thanks to people that do that. You're literally helping us make this in terms of software and, and everything that goes into it. So please do, do consider that. And all of that information will be in the show notes in terms of how you can support and interact and engage. Mm. What is someone looking forward to? If they're a listener supporter, like what are they looking forward to for season two? <laughs> what do you think oh my gosh Shanta like because my brain is like okay listener supporters you're gonna look forward to me having the ability to produce the show using right. uh, recording equipment using iCloud storage so that we can save everything properly and edit Canva Pro Google Drive all this stuff you know so I'm thinking that like in your mind so outside of that lens like what out of the media lens like what do they have to look forward to what does it mean to be a listener supporter you know to be a listener supporter means that like we we're 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 here for each other. Shanta, you and I have these conversations often and the invitation to to be in a bigger room with folks to to slosh some other points of view and to to regard other folks. Mm-hmm. That's why we call it human regards, mm-hmm. right? It's gonna take that regarding of others and we want to bring y'all in to that. That's what I want to do. I would just want to I just want to like <laughs> you, know, you can't see I, her but arms are out right now like <laughs> are, come on let's go group hug. arms are out beckoning you in just, maybe even coming know. in for a hug i don't know <laughs> yeah just that let's let's go yeah let's and we're go, you folks. know we're community we're community center we're community driven we're community supported and in my mind like community purposed you know like we're independent that that's what we're doing and so it feels right. very grassroots it feels we're facing uh, our listeners because we're facing exactly. each other 
right? Yes. We face mm-hmm. each other. We we face folks who want to engage with us, who want who want in on this, even if it's just to witness, to to listen. Like this is this is a wide enough space, a big enough space to to hold that, to do that. Okay. Cool you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo-hoo. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Oh my gosh. There's, I'm going to send you this video of, of, okay. So Estella, so my granddaughter is going to be one on Thursday. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. She's going to be one. And there's this video, of course, that we we're watching football and, the, and her parents. So my son and my daughter-in-law have already taught her like the let's go mm-hmm. thing. she's too cute so i have i'll That's send amazing that was yeah, so. i remember when my nephews were tiny and they would say they could i would watch ucla football with them and <laughs> and they like couldn't say bruin but my <laughs> my mom's dog is named bruno so like there's this video of jordan being like go bruno like he, <laughs> <laughs> he just like did not the did dog's not. like what 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 am i doing <laughs> oh, so oh my god i love kids. oh love it Okay, you. Okay. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Later. Follow Human Regards on Instagram at Human Regards Pod. Please remember to follow, rate, and subscribe from wherever you listen to your podcasts. Production and music is by me, Shanta Lecker. You're the best for being here. Take good care today.